supporting Scotland this summer. The station of the Tartan Army. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's hear from you on the phones. What did you make of that disappointing day for Scotland at Hamden? It's ended in defeat, a 2-0 defeat at the hands of the Czech Republic. Where did it go wrong? What would you have done differently? How does it set us up and where? Are there any positives? Just some of the questions that might be floating around your mind. Pick up that phone and let us know. Remember, every caller who makes it on air during the show will go into a draw to win a retro Scotland top thanks to Greaves Sports. So if you're swithering about whether to pick up the phone or not, maybe that will nudge you in the right direction. We will announce the winner before we go off air at 6 o'clock tonight. Let's go back to the phones then and get a feel for the, the public opinion out there. Brian is in Clyde Bank. How are you feeling after that, Brian? Um, totally deflated. Totally deflated. Um, I was just going to ask, is there a clause in the SFA contract when you become a Scotland manager that you've got to play your favourites, that you can't play any young players because Patterson and Gilmore should have been on that park from the start. I wonder about the tone of the question, though, Brian, because I get it, and I think you'll be speaking on behalf of loads of people out there. The pundits actually agree with you. Most of them wanted to see Patterson. Most of them wanted to see Gilmore. Stevie Clark can get criticised for making wrong decisions. That's what he's here for. But I'm pretty sure he picked it because he thought it was going to win the game. You know, he didn't. You know, this idea that it's all because it's his favourites. How do you know? How, how do any of us know? But that's that's the way it's always been with Scotland. I mean, when Hugh said that, um, brought Patterson and um, Gilmore on on the second half after two 0 down. I don't agree with that at all. That would have sparked us 100%. And plus, playing just Dykes up himself. No, don't agree with that at all. There should have been two We're up front. Down. We're going down, uh, with respect to Brian, a, a, a well-trodden path here. Every time we take the public to a high and the result doesn't turn out the way they thought it would or hoped it would, then... Many of them immediately turn on the manager. You know, Brian's making a, a, a facetious point about is there something in his contract that he has to pick his favourite players? He picked the sides that got us into the tournament. He then picked a side today that we can pick holes in after the event. Uh, and the, the number one bugbear being should he have played Che Adams along with Lyndon Dykes. This is familiar Scottish territory. Everyone gets this. Craig Brown, Andy Roxburgh, Walter Smith, Alec McLeish, you name it. And before them, the other managers, Jockstein, even got it. This is a well-trodden path. Scotland had 19 attempts at goal. It wasn't as if we were overrun or threw in the towel. We simply did not finish well. We met a Czech goalkeeper who had one of the finest games he's ever had, no doubt. And we met a Czech striker who's had two unbelievable moments of quality. The header of the first half is absolute quality. And the vision to beat Marshall from 49 yards is incredible. Not just the vision to do it, the execution. So, yeah, we've gone down. The whole dynamic of the group has changed. People are angry disillusioned, disappointed, but it's wrong to start making facetious remarks about the manager now. I wonder if it's just the, the connotations that come with that word, because let, let me just spin it slightly differently. Does every manager in every league, in every country of the world, not always pick their favourite players, i.e. the players who are their favourite to go and try and do the job that day? You know, well, surely... Whether you think Stevie Clark got this right or wrong, you're trying to seriously tell me that Stevie Clark sat this morning and went, see Nathan mm. Patterson, twice the player of Stephen O'Donnell. Oh, but I like big Stephen, he's going in, come on. We're better than I, that, surely. Yeah. Can I tell you, it's the loneliest job in the world. Mark, Mark you've done it. Gordon, you? Yeah, 13 years of it, nonsense. It, <laughs> it is the loneliest job in the world. And he will sit in his hotel room tonight and feel more pain than anyone things will go through his head it is lonely and 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 he he will hurt as much as anyone but ultimately he is the man that that has got us here and he is the man that's going to the, the perfect man to get us to the next game 
Because Colin, that, that's, I'm trying to just establish that that subtle difference. It is absolutely fine to say Nathan Patterson should have started, Stephen O'Donnell shouldn't, Stevie Clark got that wrong. I actually think you lot agree with that. But but this idea that he, he, he only chose Steve or anyone else for that matter, or because he liked them, or because it was his favourite, I, I, that that doesn't seem I think to maybe me the way that football what, operates. Yeah, but what he's probably gone with is what he's seen him through already and it's worked. That's what he's gone with. I mean, yesterday we spoke about, I put Gilmore in the team. I didn't put Gilmore and Patterson in, in the team because I thought that might be too much to ask for the two of them at the same time. Because you don't want, if, if they do go through a bad spell, you don't want the, one to be affected by the other. But, but carrying that in the team. If, if, if we started today uh, with that team and... The argument was we didn't create anything. We didn't look like scoring. Well, you go back to the, what you've already tried. You yeah. see, that's what that's what yeah. you can buy people. that argument up. But to, to, for somebody to come on and say that a manager picks his favourite is nonsense because he's representing the country. It's his job as well. It's his professional pride as well. He's not mm. just got to pick a favourite. He believes that team that started there, and it's okay after the game. We can sit here. Yep. My only one is out of all. I, I looked at it and I thought, good energy, good legs about it. You know, I like it because we've missed Tierney, big, big blow. But when I see the influence that Adams has on the pitch, I just look and think, right, if we're going to work our team around Tierney and Robertson, two are finest players, then surely we've got to find somewhere that Adams starts the game for me. Brian, you go along with that one as well. I feel like everybody, everybody who watched the game, not only in hindsight, but before it as well, thought that Shea Adams should have started the match. Are you going along with that? Definitely. Definitely. Two up front. A hundred percent. But I, just, I still think that... I, I don't understand why, why even in the... 70, 70, put more on. Just for a bit of spark. Just for a bit of something. We were lacking something in that game. And just to put him on, just to do something. And I don't understand why you never put him on yeah I think Brian's line's potentially a bit ropey I think it's breaking up a little bit but he's saying there that we were lacking a bit of a spark and that that's probably the bit that that is harder to to, to get any consensus on because you can see where you know the guys are coming from we, it's not like we were out the game it's not like we weren't creating and I, but I, on the other hand there wasn't a lot in the game I get, but I get why people don't want to hear that as well no, and yeah, we're, yeah, no, we're, you're we're, trying to explain it to the public well, is, the, is that there wasn't much between the teams that we get, but yet we get beat 2-0 yeah. and you get I, beat by a worldie and a, and a, and a free header the, 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 the difference, the difference in the teams for me was and you disagree with the first thing I thought it was two quality finishes yeah. I think yeah, that's the difference in the team but as a defender I'd be disappointed if somebody scores a goal like that against me it's hard to rationalise with supporters in the immediate aftermath of a game as important as that one because of the 23-year gap. And because, and we all play our part in it, we build the country up to high dope. And then when it does not work out the way people think it should, then the scattered gun comes out and everyone gets it. And Stevie Clark is right in the firing line just now. Uh, as Gary Caldwell said it's the loneliest job in the world when he was at Partick Thistle the pelters he took in our programme week in week out <laughs> tell him about that make him feel good too would you <laughs> don't tell him about that that was it's only for us isn't it and that's for me and Mark <laughs> the, co- no, the, the callers you know and they, they seem to think that managers do it to spite them you know on an individual basis but that's the fit back. Okay, thank you to Brian. He's in the draw for that retro top. Jim is in Rutherglen. Jim, how would you sum up how you're feeling after watching that today? Uh, our Euros lasted a day. Um, guys, that beer in the brewery must be off a strong if one of you says we've got the perfect manager to carry us forward here because what you that saw the other day was a guy totally out of his depth. They spent the whole second half trying to fix his mistakes by making other mistakes and we just ended up looking in absolute shambles. Stuart Armstrong was having his best part of the game and his engine was running and he brought him off. I would defy anybody to say their confidence uh, levels were boosted when they saw the first 11 today. The, the, the bench was far, far stronger. O'Donnell tackled around player in the first half. Honestly, if, if there's ever been a president for a guy being sacked midway through a tournament, he's going to go. Let's be fair, I'll give you the chance to actually repeat that again. Are you genuinely being serious about that? Of course I'm not. But I'm saying if, anything, oh, okay. if there was ever a president 
that was bad. Four Euros lasted a day, and he killed it with that team selection. And now we've got a week of dread to Friday night. And you cannot tell me you can take positives in a 2-0 defeat against the weakest team in the group in a three-team group when it's technically a home match. I think the point that we're trying to make, Jim, when we say stuff like because there's a little bit of kind of selective listening going on. We're talking about Stevie Clark is going to have to find positives because that's the way football works. He's going to have to build on it. We had 19 shots, which didn't count for anything, but we might have had none. We had, I don't know, 50, 60% possession, which didn't count for anything, but we might have had 20. So he's going to have to find positives. That's the way sport works. That's what we're saying. And to be fair to Gary Caldwell, he didn't say Stevie Clark was the perfect manager you were talking about emotionally you said he's the perfect manager to not let us get too low and even if we had won he wouldn't have let us get too high yes um, I'm glad that Jim kind of backtracked on sacking Stevie Clark today Hugh that would be quite something even by our bonkers standards <laughs> uh -huh. in Scottish football but I, I repeat this is par for the course uh, when you build people's expectations up uh, and then the game is lost uh, the scattered gun comes out and uh, Right now, Stevie Clark is public enemy number one. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell being the top three, uh, and so on and so forth. It's mm -hmm. the classic immediate aftermath of a big yeah. disappointment. I think what we we always we see this in big games all the time. We always debate, you know, Celtic getting beat, Rangers getting beat, whatever it is. It's always going to be a combination of things. So whilst, of course, Stevie Clark's the manager, he takes the, the criticism, and, and you know he picked the team. But you, you've got to add to that. Should David Marshall have been so far off his line? And should Jack Hendry have taken the shot on? Should Stephen O'Donnell have got out quicker to stop the cross ball? And should Grant Hanley and Liam Cooper have let them get in? And that's before we even get to, should Andy Robertson have scored? Should Lyndon Dykes have scored? Should James Forrest have scored? Should Stuart Armstrong have scored? You know, where we run through all the chances. So that I can't sit here and say, no, the team selection was great. Of course it wasn't. But th th there were other things, there were other factors yeah, there, clearly. of course. And Colin said right at the start of the game, we, we start, was at 12% uh, the things that the, the coaching yes. team tell you is, is yep. what's carried out in the pitch. And there's a lot of things that could go on that you can't control. And unfortunately for Stevie Clark, he, he picks a team that he thought would get result. You know, you, we're all saying about Shea Adams. We, I agree, I, I would have picked Shea Adams. But Christine Dykes have been proven to work together. You know, a, a goes here, Stephen O'Donnell. Look, again, I think Nathan Patterson had a, a, a great uh, shout of playing, but Stephen O'Donnell has is, is always performed well for, for Steve Clark. So he thought that was the best side. Unfortunately, things in the game went against him. But in terms of Jim, I get the frustration, but we've got to be better than that, surely. I, I mean, I there have been a long time at a I tournament. Think what Steve Clark has to be kind of accountable for as the second half substitute. Yes. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And, and the so Jim's got a valid point in that. You know, that, that's uh, the team what he starts with, yes, he might have played two, but the substitutes became a little bit haphazard for me. Jim, were there any players in a Scotland jersey today that you thought were good or got pass marks? Robert Jim, can you hear us? A good game. Um, I thought Armstrong was coming on to a rare game, but um, it was all moments. It was never really any time that I thought that we were, we were ever going to really get back into it. Yeah, I suppose if Robertson if Robertson had a good game, Jim, does that mean there were positives? We could beat 2-0. Come on, you cannot take any positives for that game. Well, you said Robertson was good. That, to me, good in my dictionary is a positive. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, Jim, right? 01419511025. Jim's into the draw for that retro Scotland top, although he might set it in fire by the sounds of things. Uh, we'll take more of your calls next. Travel with Arnold Clark. Sell or part exchange your car this month and get an extra £500. Supporting Scotland this summer. The station of the Tartan Army. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Not the start to the Euros we were anticipating. Maybe that's an understatement. I'm Gordon Duncan. We're here at Scotland HQ at Drygate Brewery in Glasgow. We've got Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Gary Caldwell, Hugh Keevans. Colin Hendry is here. I mean... He's not in his chair at the moment, so I don't know specifically where he is, but by the time we take another call on air, uh, I think we, we'll have him back. The guys have just tried to demolish a 12-inch pizza during a four-minute ad break, which was interesting, so uh, if you hear any dodgy noises, my apologies. 0141-951-1025 on the phones, though. Uh, two callers at once, in a sense, because we've got Stephen and Rebecca who are driving home from the game, so they were actually there in the stadium. Stephen, Rebecca, what did you make of that, what you watched today? 
Scotland played really well. They tried their best. Um, but I think the quality, we were just kind of lacking quality um, towards kind of the second half um, and that kind of... Yeah, I think that's, that's an, a, a much more positive outlook than we've had in the phones, but you understand both sides of it because it was <coughs> hugely disappointing. Uh, Stephen or Rebecca, whichever one wants to answer, what, what was it like being there, first of all? Um, it was amazing. Um, the atmosphere was, like, everyone was quite excited. Um, obviously, there weren't as many people as there would be without the coronavirus restrictions, but it was it was an amazing a atmosphere and everyone was holding up their flags um, and we were all just having a great time. There was, there was certainly an optimism at, at the start uh, in the first half or the first part of the first half. Um, even with when the team selection came through, it dampened it slightly, but um, Scotland played fairly well in the first half. Uh, just couldn't convert any chances, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a story of missed chances for us. And, and Hugh, again, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm taking away from off the field here, so I, I get I'm being a bit sneaky with the question when you're talking about positives and whatever. I don't expect the nation to be rejoicing just because 12,000 people got back in a football stadium. But at, at the same time, we have waited a long time. It was at Hamden. We, we got some fans in there. We had the, they had the occasion for, I yeah. don't know, however long it took for Czech Republic to take the lead. On an emotional level, it's good. People get in. It's another step back towards normality in our lives. On a professional level, if Steve Clark thought that he'd a headache over team selection for this game, heaven alone knows mm. what kind of headache he's... You'll have a full-blown migraine now thinking about Wembley on Friday yeah. because there's so much that's going to have to be done. We've been beaten. It's gone. We can go over who should have played and who shouldn't have played but the next task mm. I think is to be very careful of avoiding a going over at Wembley we're, we here, in, we're here until 6 o'clock so we'll definitely need to go over who should have played and who shouldn't have played Stephen how was it received you know, in the stadium because having gone to many games you know, working as a neutral if you like I've always noticed that the, the kind of the people watching at home, watching on TV, social media, they, they tend to be the angriest and inside the stadium. I mean, for instance, were the team booed off? Was it anything like that? Tough, as far as we could see, anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good point about a difference between in the stadium and outside. In the stadium, when the teams came through, um, I didn't really see too much chatter, but it's terrible text. It's a terrible lineup to start with. They should have been more uh, aggressive or less conservative. Uh, they would like to have seen probably Che Adams start um, uh, and, and just a bit more of an offensive lineup, really. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the beauty of a sort of pre-match prediction, isn't it? Where you, If you said before the game, the team lineup's not right, we've lost 2-0, so you're more, in, you're more than entitled to go, see, I told you, but the two things don't necessarily have to be linked. And like I say, I keep coming back to that phrase, oh, we should have been more aggressive, we should have been more attacking. We were talking about we were quite on the front foot at the start of the game uh -huh. and we created 19 chances we lost the game I keep repeating it so I, I, that's not me pretending that everything's rosy of course it's not but this notion that the team wasn't attacking enough or, or ag aggressive enough I'm not sure if those two are linked are they? Well again I go back to Czech goalkeeper who's had some amazing saves uh, and on another day the deflection that comes off the V of the Czech defender and just goes over the bar another day that goes in the net and so on and so forth you can gather all the information and you'll still come to one conclusion yeah. and one conclusion only that the better team won the match and now what do we do for a team to go to Wembley because you have to be aware of the goal difference aspect if you want to be one of the four third best teams and I think we're in that kind of territory now and you have to think of what's the best team for Wembley to, to get out of there with respectability. Were they the better team, Gordon? Um, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I thought they were very well organised. They always looked a threat. Uh, the two finishes for me were terrific, I've got to say. 
But I thought we, especially second half when Adams come on and gave us that lift injection of pace up top, I thought we were a lot better. It was so important to get something today, Gordon, because it would have given us a, a free hit on yeah. Friday yeah. at Wembley. We're going in now with a pressure because we could go down there and quite easily, listen, we're Scotland, we could go down there and, you know, we're total underdogs. That suits us. We could go and win the game or we could take a hammer, which would probably end our uh, competition. Stephen... How deflating did it feel? You know, as the game it clearly was slipping away from us, then the, the full-time whistle went. It must have been, it must have been really tough. Yeah, I was going to answer it, but my daughter Rebecca is desperate to give you an answer. <laughs> On you go, Rebecca. Tell us. And <clears throat> um, it kind of felt like it went downhill, kind of. Um, I feel like if they wanted to kind of um, maybe get a win or two. Um, I think they probably could have um, added Billy Gilmer to the team, probably, because um, I know he's really good, um, and he um, lives in like the town of Drossen, which is where my grandparents live. Oh, they, by the way, that, that's a good summation. I think you lot can just knock off early. We'll get Rebecca. And <laughs> can you drive to Drygate, Stephen, and she can take the place of the pundits for the rest of the show? Yeah, if you, if you keep her uh, after that for a couple of days, that would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. That was Stephen and Rebecca. Lovely to hear from you. How will the players be feeling, Colin Hendry? Oh, well, they're ex extremely gutted, I would think. Um, I was going to say that you yeah, asked Gordon there about did the better team win. And as, pundit, as a pundit sat here, it's how do you explain if you say no? And sound as if it's you're glossing you're, over you're, it. No, no, that you're realistic mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the better team won, but you have a flash of brilliance for the second goal. And I know there's a we're, we're not loggerheads over the first goal, but certainly I've got my opinion on it. Um, and other than that, the stats are all I think firmly in Scotland's favour. So it's <laughs> you know I've been asked to come along today to. They were opinion, more opinion. clinical, Colin. You've got to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference between well, the, the goal, two yeah, the different, the, You've got the goal, the goal, and everything else. But I think we're missing chances, and I don't. I can't recall the, oh, the last time we missed so many chances. Yeah, well, I mean, just to for anyone who didn't see the game or trying to to relive it, sometimes feel like not reliving it. Um, but I mean, what what would be the best chances? You'd struggle to even pick one or two because it, there were so many of a similar level Andy Robertson's in the first half is golden Dykes which one the one left where he's yeah, the, uh, the keeper comes out and smothers I do believe Dykes was the best chance but I the think the most field. important one was Robertson's now if Robertson puts that away and he puts his one up at that time then the game has a totally different, different ball game. yeah it's a, a totally different game Dykes you know we're, we're trying to get back in it, it was a set, and that, listen that's the difference I'm not putting the blame at London Dykes' door he had a few chances he snatched at a few of them boy Sheck up front had had one chance really he, he scores a header but the second goal he scores hasn't even a chance let's be honest you know it's just a moment of sheer brilliance so mm -hmm. the Czechs took their opportunities and, and we didn't sadly enough uh, yeah. and, and we've got to hope that it's like that on Friday night that England will have large periods of the game that we hope they won't take their chances and you never know we just might create one that the, Dykes or the, Adams does put in the net these games are decided by moments you know, as the the two teams know so much about each other tactically, both teams are stopping each other. They're decided by moments, and they they got the they got the break on the, on those moments. A fantastic header, and then an outrageous goal. The first the, the first goal, especially for us today, Gary, was going to be the most important. Yeah. We've built ourselves up for this tournament. We've waited such yeah. a long time. We've got twelve thousand fans uh, cheering us on in our own stadium. So the first goal was go. If we'd have got that first goal, what a difference in the game! Uh, thank you very much, Stephen and Rebecca. Keep the calls coming in. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Now I did say earlier on that the guys from FN Teamwear are down here with us at Scotland HQ, and over the last hour, we've had another poll on our Twitter at Clyde oh, no. SSB, just to try and decide, Gordon Deal, what should go on the back of of your Scotland <laughs> top. We had a, we had a few I dread to look. We had a few different suggestions. I think you'll be surprised. Yeah, so And the winner because. Let's be honest, the, 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 your nose and the size of it mm -hmm. featured quite heavily in, in the poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not surprised with that one. But you were outdone by one of your finest moments of the season, and I'll have to share the joke <laughs> with Colin and Gary, who weren't here. Every night we do beat the pundit, as you well know, Gary, and this was one of Gordon's best moments of the season. 
It was during the time that Celtic went to Dubai, in case you hadn't heard about that debacle. And uh, Gordon was asked on the spot as a quiz, in which country is Dubai? <laughs> At which point, he replied, the United States of Arab. <laughs> which, of course, is not a place. Oh. And we've given you the number zero to signify the number of Scotland caps yeah, that you got. Brilliant. So Thank you very much. And by the way, it doesn't end there, because you were banging on last week about how you've never worn a kilt. In no, life. I'm not having that. You were just telling us that you've never worn a kilt. You've been married about 15 times. You've never worn a kilt. And so we, the good people at Slange, have hooked no us up way. with the kilt. That's and I, I don't want, there are a couple of couple of people in here enjoying a drink. There's no chance I'm getting you to take your jeans off because we could have a, an incident on our hands. But you can stick it on over your jeans at the break and you can finish your show in that. And <sighs> Fantastic. Good. Is right. that Gordon Tartan? Sure. I've, it is now. I've no idea That's what Tartan okay. that is. Right, 0141951 Supporting Scotland this summer. The station of the Tartan Army. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Colin Hendry, Hugh Keevans, Gary Caldwell, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, all here at the Drygate at Scotland HQ in Glasgow and here to take your calls until six o'clock. So keep them coming in. Don't forget that every caller who makes it on air during the show goes into the draw to win a retro Scotland top thanks to Greaves Sports. We will announce the winner before we finish. At six o'clock tonight, clearly a very difficult day at the office for Scotland, not great at all. We'll hear from Stevie Clark very soon and find out what he made of it. But we're, of course, keen to find out what you made of it as well. So let's go back to the lines and we'll bring in Andy, who watched it today. Andy, how would you sum up your feelings on what you witnessed? Well, I'll sum up. Um, I've heard a lot of negativity after a game today on the radio. Um, and even on the TV as well, you know what I mean? I think Scotland were a better team today. I really did. I mean, the, the, the header was a good goal, and then there was a wonder goal, you know. Um, but we had 19 attempts in goal. When's the last time a Scotland team had 19 attempts in goal? There was a clearance off the line nearly, with nearly an own goal. We hit the bar. Lyndon Dyke should have scored a goal. Um, and then a couple of things went wrong. The deflection just went on the net of the bar, the actual nets and things like that. But Scotland, I think Scotland would have been a better team today, right? I mean, I really, I, I can't I fault Steve Clark either. The only, the only thing I could maybe say is maybe she Adam should have been on the pitch with Lyndon Dykes instead of Christie, right? And that's not the day with Christie being a bad player, but I just think she Adam brings more. And you could see that in the second half. It was fantastic, you know. Um, Nathan Patterson and Gilmore, maybe them, maybe, maybe not so much Nathan Patterson, but I think maybe Gilmore can run in the second half and now they gave us a wee bit more um, spark in the middle of the park as well. But um, this negativity about Steve Clark, Steve Clark's got us there. Two years, he's built a team up that was on the floor and qualified and rightfully qualified for this tournament, right? And I don't see... I mean, I don't know if he's watched the England game. He's probably did, but I don't think England yeah. in that great a shape. You know what I mean? In Croatia, the other day when we played England, were absolutely terrible. They were shocking. You know what I mean? Modric is what thirty five, thirty six. He's a spent force. So I'm I'm saying Scotland will go down to Wembley on Friday, and at least at very very least, because it's an old fun game as such. You know, so it's 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 going to be a a game that is. It, I mean, England's going to be overwhelming favourites, but I think Scotland can go down there and get a, at least a draw, and then we'll take care of Croatia on Tuesday uh, next week at Hamden's. Four points. Hopefully that maybe that will get us into the third position. But honestly, today Scotland with a better team. I really I believe that. Um, I'm just waiting to see what you think of that. I suppose though, to, to then well, that can be a worrying thing as well, can't it? Because yeah, we were. The, well, Andy thinks we were the better team. We clearly had a lot of chances. But this was our, on paper, this was the winnable one. This was the one that you really were looking to start off. You don't need me to rhyme it all off. You know, we were at, we were at home. The Czech Republic are one of the lowest ranked teams in the tournament, along with us. They certainly look on paper like they're the lowest um, they're, they're, they're the lowest in, in our group. You know, the, 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 the easiest chance of winning a game. And we didn't. So, so now what? So you can understand why people aren't that encouraged by I, the I fact don't that think, we created I don't think the Czech Republic will win another game. I think Croatia will either draw or beat them. I think England will beat them. So, for that point of view, yes, they, they were the weakest team in the group, I think. But 
I don't think it is doom and gloom. I think we still have a chance in this group. Mm-hmm. The the players at the end of the game are still fighting. I think after a, a day or two of, of getting over this, they will be ready for for Friday. And I don't think you know. Whilst we're disappointed, we can't we can't kind of give it all up now. There's no way of measuring the depth of the disappointment within the squad yep. until the game starts in London on Friday. Uh, the, the team selection is going to be very intriguing. It has to be after all the changes that were made today. What's Stevie Clark's thinking now? Will Kieran Tierney be fit? That's another major complication that has to be addressed. Uh, so we won't know. The team that he selects will be heavily scrutinised because his team selection today, uh, the jury has found him guilty of picking the wrong team. Uh, so the team selected on Friday is very, very important. How much is today taken out of them? We'll find out Friday night. Colin, fans, I mean, to be fair, Andy's on the phone saying he did see positives, but fans don't have to. That's absolutely fine. Fans can find nothing but negativity in that performance if they want. That, that, that's mm-hmm. your right. The difference comes, though, with Stevie Clark and the players. They need to find something to build on because they need to believe that they still belong at this tournament. Otherwise, to trot out the cliche, you genuinely would be as well not playing the game. Yeah, but you've got the game Friday and the, and the game on Friday takes care of itself. You're playing in the, in the derby. It's yeah. your old enemy. You're playing England. It's a big... It's a big. As a Scotsman playing in an international mm-hmm. football match, that's your biggest game. It doesn't get bigger than yeah. that. You know, OK, I, I walked to it against Brazil in 98. They were the world champions. It was a great honour for me. But the biggest games I've played in have been, been against England. And that is in a nutshell you don't yeah. need to say do anything mm-hmm. else yeah I agree with that I, ju- I think what you've got to do is basically pick the right side what it does is we're negative because we were gearing up to say three points today at home opening game we can re- not really relax but we can get into Friday it's a free hit for us yeah. but now we get into Friday it's a pressure because mm-hmm. we can go either one or two ways we can go down there like Andy says we can surprise people of course we can we've got the team we've got the players to surprise people or we could take a doing now I watched England I disagree I think England have got real quality in their ranks uh, and I think it'll be a real hard, hard tough game come Friday night it's classic, right. classic Scotland Hugh will tell me how many times have we won the opening game in a tournament uh, since 1954 which was the first World Cup for us from 1954 until today, we've had 10 first days at a tournament. A minute, how many? One. One yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, everyone in Scotland thought we were going to win today. Thought it was just a given. Well, that's where the disappointment home. comes yeah, yeah, from. Yeah. That yeah. It, it's never going to be easy at a tournament like this. But you're it, never going to get a game that's going to be earned, easy. That, uh, have we not earned the right to be that optimistic because you're looking at the players we've now got at our disposal? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but yeah. with that ostim- optimism, after the game has to come realism that, that this is what it is. It's not a negativity to, to just everything's rubbish. Uh, we're out the tournament. You know, There's no point going to London. There is. We still have to remain optimistic that we can go get something in the England game and take it to the final game. I think it's the fact that we we didn't have a better chance than today because how many times in an open tournament uh, game are you at home? You know, and Gordon's right. We built it up because we believed in this squad. We'd we beat believed Czech in Republic these players. The we we'll beat Czech, right, and so they're the weakest team, and that's where I think the disappointment comes. Plus the fact on Friday night you're going to the favourites of the tournament in their home patch. Yeah, uh, Andy, you know, you mentioned Shea Adams, and you were quite reluctant to criticise Stevie Clark too much, but. It, is that not the precarious life of a manager? If you leave a guy out and then he comes on and makes an impact, it's quite obvious people are going to say that was a big mistake and you should have started Shea Adams. The pundits about it, or it yourself would say that, that, that you kind of stop with Christie because they got us there, if you, if you know what I mean. Right? I mean, Shea Adams is quite new into the team, but as you can see with Shea Adams, he's a quality player. right? So if I was going to criticise Steve Clark, it would be only on, on that one. You know what I mean? We did miss Tierney today. Tierney is a world-class player. That guy yeah. is going to be... He's outgrown Arsenal already. Arsenal are not going to be able to keep a hold of that guy. You know what I mean? He is an un- unbelievable player. And then him and Robinson um, up down that, that side, you know, they're, they're interchange and things like that, you know. And that would have made a difference today. You know, that really would have made a difference. And I'm not just saying that Tierney would have won the game for us today, but it would have made a difference. But I still stick to my guns. 
Scotland were a better team today. They really were. You know what I mean? And check the public, and I, I quite agree with Col- Gary Caldwell there. Right? I was going to come on and criticise Gary Caldwell, right? Because he's quite a negative, ne- negative towards Scotland and Scotland, Scottish football and things like that. You know, and I know he's an ex-Celtic <laughs> man, I'm a Rangers man, so I'm not even going to go there because it's Scotland so that's today. That's the only reason you were going to criticise me. Be honest. No, no. I was going to criticise you because I, I, your negativity earlier on in the show was was shining out. You know, you were. You're, what? I, I don't know. But it just was. It was. I mean, Colin Hendry was trying to tell you about something about like the, the defending and that, and and and, and 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 especially the first goal kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was the opposite. Know, Colin was saying that Scott. No, but it was the opposite. Colin was saying that Scotland should have done better, and Gary was saying, "Yeah, actually, you've got to take your hat off. It was just a brilliant. It was a brilliant header. So no, no, how is that negative?" I was listening to you begin with, and he was quite negative. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. Right. At the end of the day, Scotland were a better you've team there. You've already gone there. You're coming back now. I know. I know. And and Hugh, you're been a bit. You're awful negative today as well for some reason. You know. <laughs> He's sitting next to me, that's why. Ah, exactly. I'm rubbing off on him. I, I, can, can I ask you, but just, just a quick question, right? He says that, um, what, what, what would he have changed in that team today? Right? He says that, that Clark picked the wrong team. He keeps saying this, but Clark picked the wrong team today. So I want, I want to know why, who who, who would have picked different today, apart from him. I know he's going to say Shea Adams, right? But apart from that, who would have picked any, who else would have put in that team today that would have made a a bigger difference because I think Scotland were a better team today apart from Shea Adams come on as I said to you everything that's said now is said no no but hold on I actually think well, why not just answer that you said you gave your team before you would have played Patterson and Gilmore that uh-huh. was your team yeah, yeah, so I, that's the answer to yeah. Andy's question no, but yesterday we said that it doesn't matter what team was coming out today that we, yeah. wouldn't, we would not have a problem with it I think we were trying to underline yeah. the strength so, and depth but there's the answer Andy Hugh thought that Patterson and Gilmore should have started I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said Patterson, right? Now I'm an Angels man, right? But I wouldn't have said Patterson, right? But Gilmore, definitely, in the middle. Definitely, in the middle. Because it, it, that wee glimpse we, we had against, I know it was only, it was Luxembourg, right? Before he got, had to get taken off. But you could see the you could see the quality there. And any time he comes on with Chelsea, and I know he's not a lot of game time, but any time he comes on with Chelsea, he makes a difference. And he stands out. You know what I mean? He's not just a, a bit part player. I know he is a bit part player as such, but... When he comes on, he's, he's he's brilliant, you know. So I would have said Gilmore definitely, maybe no Patterson, but Gilmore definitely, yeah. Well, I hate to tell you that, just means he agrees with you, Hugh Kevins. Yeah. Uh, 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 negative Hugh Kevins. He's been there, he's coming back, and now he's been away again. <laughs> Hugh is generally, you know, he's got this persona as the Grim Reaper, and he's been really optimistic this week in that we've tested him. Stevie Clark and this Scotland squad have tested him today. <laughs> it's going to be a big few days to see, not forget how they bounce back. How does Hugh Keevens bounce back? Let's hear from the manager and see what he made of it. We've done a lot of work with Team Shape and, and, and Kieran was involved in that. So with 48 hours to go when he, he picks up the little the little niggle that kept him out. It does it does take a little bit of changing. It changes the, the dynamic of the team. Kieran's been an, an integral part of how we've played recently. Uh, but I, don't, I don't think we defended too badly. I, I think the, the moments in the game that got away from us, the first one's preventable, the second one's really good. The rest, the rest of the team, the dynamic was was okay. I went with Stuart Armstrong to try and give us somebody driving from midfield. The way the game panned out, there wasn't there wasn't much midfield play in the first half anyway. It was only when the game opened up a little bit that we started to get the opportunity to play through midfield. And then when we did that, I thought we were, I thought we were decent and created some good chances. What do you make of his assessment, Hugh? Um, you know, I feel for Stevie Clark. Uh, the Keaton Tierney injury was a severe blow changes so much about the team um, I think he made a mistake by not playing Jay Adams and uh, and again we've seen the match now and you can see it with greater authority now he, he made a mistake there and I think his substitutions were too quick in the second half and too confusing for all concerned to address a problem he then started to move everybody everywhere. Yeah, but he mentioned it with Armstrong in his interview there, Hugh, when he said, look, I picked him because I wanted him to drive for the midlife park. Now, he said in the second half it started to open up. Yeah. But he subs- then he, he, him off. Then he him took him off. Yeah, yeah which I find quite surprising. Mm. Uh, Stevie Clark, you know, we all hailed him because he got Scotland there. And he became a national hero. But today, he will stand accused of having made mistakes. Now... As the old saying goes, the man who never made a mistake never made anything. But he's made mistakes today. 
and he has an awful lot of thinking to do mm. uh, prior to Wembley because Wembley is crucial. If Gary Caldwell's right and the Czech Republic do, it lose to Croatia, we could then be in a position of having to beat Croatia to stay in the tournament. Uh, and that, you know, d despite everyone saying, oh, they were shocking against England, they're an ageing team, uh, Mod Modric is a spent force, etc., etc. Would you really fancy playing Croatia, having mm. to beat them to stay in the tournament? These two statements might be contradictory, but I don't think any of us would say we lost the game because Kieran Tierney wasn't playing. So that's statement number one. But if we can keep them separate, having not been at a tournament in 23 years... I wouldn't have thought we are good enough to win games at tournaments without arguably your best player. So we, we, that I think I think today we, we were going into the game today was not to lose the game. Yeah. I mean, I think that the three games your best chance is obviously today to win, but you don't lose because we spoke about this before that if if you lose that first game, we've got to go to Wembley on Friday and get some, we don't get anything. That's us. We're out. Yeah, because it's, so, it's, as it's as brutal as that, Mark. The we said it earlier on because of the role Tierney plays. When you're trying to imagine in your head what difference would Kieran Tierney have made, you, you, you think about the goals we conceded. But actually, what about if when we're one nil down or two nil down, it's Kieran Tierney's driving force that opens things up, creates even more chances, and that's one that you take. It's not as simple as saying we wouldn't have conceded those goals if Kieran yeah. Tierney was playing. The amount of chances he creates for a left-sided centre half is is incredible. Even when you see him playing there for Arsenal, you know how enthusiastic he is to get forward. And you're right, Gordon. When we find ourselves behind the game, he's one of our best attacking options uh, as left centre half. And I think you saw that with with Cooper again. I, I'm not totally, you know, being critical of him, but we didn't see him, you know, go past Robertson. We didn't see him putting in any crosses. That, that was, that was never, a couple Ma, yeah, of games. Mark, that was never going to happen. That's not his yeah. trophy. Yeah, yeah, of that course, was never going to happen. But that's Kieran what's Tierney's missing for our game. Yeah, yeah. out in his own for that, and we missed that today because Kieran Tierney's not in the team. Yeah, we weren't going to get that that. Um, develop, what was developing that rapport that what they are between each other that was never ever going to happen to Gabe we could have been in without making excuses you've got to take into consideration as well right up until that time Tierney was the big part they've worked on that for weeks and porn weeks that's what All Steve Clark touched on right? yeah yeah. So, and, and, and we're not making excuses for Steve Clark but it does upset that planning you yeah. know and 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 as much as we say about Tierney driving forward mm -hmm. with his partnership with Robertson, I thought Robertson probably had won his best, best game. He did. Yeah. yeah, and it, that, that's why it is a risk, isn't it, Gary? Not not a risk, but where you, you do have a lot to lose because it's it's a unique role that Kieran Tierney plays. If Grant Hamley had got injured yesterday, Liam Cooper could have went straight in there. If he had got injured, Scott McKenna could have went straight in there. If he, Declan Gallagher could have went straight in there, he, he, there's only one... Kieran Tierney for left-sided centre-back. Yeah, because of the, the quality that he has from that position and it's quite unique that he's an attacking full-back playing left centre-back. Yeah. So it's there's probably not another in world football, you know. It was Sheffield United were actually one of the first teams that started doing it when Chris Wilder went to three at the back and they had Basham, who a, was a centre-midfield player. Can't remember the other centre-back off the top of my head, but they used to attack... With, with numbers down the sides with centre-backs bringing it out and Kieran Tierney does it for Arsenal and does it for Scotland extremely well but we have no replacement no direct replacement that mm. can come in and do what he can do well funnily enough I th hope we've not stolen his thunder I'm sure he'll just put it better uh, than we can Scott is in Mary Hill he's got some thoughts on the setup in the absence of Kieran Tierney and we'll hear from Scott next Supporting Scotland this summer the station of the Tartan Army. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Still plenty of time left for you to pick up the phone and let us know what you made of Scotland's disappointing defeat at Hamden. Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevens, Gary Caldwell and Colin Hendry all here to take your calls. It's not quite the day we had in mind. We thought it would be party atmosphere in here after a wonderful win setting us up for the tournament. But if we're going to do anything... We're going to have to do it the hard way. Just a quick one um, away from the football. If you're wondering where the cash register call is, don't worry. Mickey made the call just after five and Susie has won herself £25,025.25. Now imagine you've just watched Scotland get battered, but you've won twenty-five grand. That is going to, that's going to cheer you up no end. Uh, now you can hear the call in full on our website shortly. Just go to the win section. Or if you want to keep listening, Callum will let you hear it on his show 
after seven o'clock. Susie is the happiest Scotland fan in the country. I a would good imagine. consolation prize, that. Eh? <laughs> Unbelievable. Would you take a 2 0 defeat for 25 grand? <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, I think I would go for that. <laughs> There's every chance. Uh, nah, not at all. Right. 01419511025. Scott has been hanging on for quite some time in Maryhill. Apologies, Scott. What was your thoughts I'm on that sorry. today? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a, the team set up with Tierney in it and they still tried to play as if Tierney's in it. And that's a waste of player in, in the midfield, I felt. And you could see it for the start of the game, it wouldn't have to dictate the play at all. So what would you do differently then? What, what do you mean? Would you well, change it, the shape completely? or? No, but I, I would have had to change the shape. But it says there he'd already uh, practised to have Tierney in the team. But then it changed the shape halfway through the second half as well. So what's he talking about? Yeah, I get that, Gary. But there's probably a balance there, isn't there? Because if you've practised, not just this week, or last week or the week before, but, but for months now, it had to be a back three today. You're not going to rip that up at 24 hours notice when Kieran Tierney gets injured, are you? Not at all, no. I, th I think we've been really comfortable with the back three. It's something that he's persisted with in the beginning at... at it wasn't quite working with McTominay out of position, but he has persisted with it, and I think it's it's brought us a lot of success, to be perfectly honest. So I think, especially if he's been working on that specifically for this game, when one player gets injured, to, to rip it all up is, is madness. And that's probably a little bit why second half, when, when we were changing the game and, and things were changing, it became a bit confusing to the players because they, they didn't look like they, they kind of knew what direction they were going in at that point. It was just haphazard the way the subs were coming on. So uh, I think to change it for Tierney would have been silly. Again, we're kind of going back to this column. You keep saying it's, it's difficult to, to get the, the the explanation right because could you really say that the back three failed today? I mean, there are obviously moments. You lose two goals, so there are moments, but it's not like we were cut open at will. No, I think, I think most of the game they kept... They kept up. They weren't. They didn't have a problem because they've got a bit of pace amongst themselves. They were reasonably okay on the ball, handle the ball, reasonably okay. It's just my one criticism, and I know Gary probably yeah, doesn't go. agree with me, was that mm -hmm. if I was a centre half tonight, Cooper or or mm -hmm. Hanley, that disappointed that mm -hmm. you don't get a challenge, and yeah. it's a it's a pretty much free header, and he's in between the two, and you don't have to win the ball but I certainly think you need to put him off to a degree to get that sort of quality on, on the ball. I mean, listen, you've got to give him credibility sure. as well for the header. It's a great header. But he was, it, wasn't a, it was like a standing jump. It wasn't a, like a jump when you're coming on to it. Yeah. Scott, no. how much of a difference do you think Kieran Tierney could or, or would have made today? Well, it would have, it would have been completely different because he comes out of defence. He didn't need any defenders really came out of defence. So for me, it was, it was, it was lacking for defence to midfield. Uh, all the way through the game, to be, to be honest, so it's like a waste of a player for me because you, you only play the back three to get Tierney in it. So if he's not there, you must have another plan. I don't agree with that. Yeah, the three centre backs, you're not expecting them really to come out with the ball. Maybe Jack, maybe Henry because he did it the other week mm -hmm. against Holland and he looked comfortable doing that. But other than him, when you've not got Tierney in there, Cooper's you're not expecting comfortable. Cooper, yeah. He's comfortable, but it's not his game, is it, Gary? Tierney's he's not going to come and do what Tierney did. No. Tierney's a massive loss, of course he is, yeah. we know that. But you're not going to change your system. That's our system. That's the system that the players know, they work on, it's tried and tested for them. Uh, it was nothing to do with systems today yeah, that the, lost the, us. The, the problem is that these guys aren't Kieran Tierney, but it's not like we've plucked... John Fleck and stuck him in a back three you're talking about Liam no. Cooper Grant Hanley Jack Henry uh, if there is a criticism when they were on the board and I think they moved it quick enough between them as a back three I thought it was very slow across the back and I get that tournament games are different from what we're used to but I think when you see Kieran if Kieran Tierney's in that back three you see him getting the ball he's always looking forward he, he can play you know into midfield pretty comfortably he can bring in Roberts and I think Cooper Henry Hanley they were a wee bit hesitant, especially the first half when they were in possession. A lot of the, the stuff went back to Marshall. Now, you can give Czech Republic you know, all the credit you want for that and balk no fools, but I think if Tierney's in there, it's a slightly I, I different I felt the wing-backs were too high first half. So yeah, sometimes the position of the wing-backs is vital that they're playing a back four. So if you go really high, really early, you're marking yourself. Yes. Mm. Whereas if they dropped a lot deeper first half, that press from the Czech Republic's wide players... Might have we might have got past that quicker and, and we start our attacks from deep wide positions 
but because they were so high, we couldn't get them on the ball. Then second half, <laughs> more so on the right side, O'Donnell was far too I think, deep. I think that's when, the when reason. We got, when we got through the middle, that that's I mean the wing back role for me in in that formation is the most difficult to play, and it's and you need to understand when you need to be deep, when you need to be high, and especially O'Donnell. He wasn't in the right place when he needed to be deep, and he was—he wasn't. I think that's—I think that's the reason why Armstrong, for instance, will touch on him had his probably quietest forty-five I've ever watched because there was nowhere to go, space. there was no yeah. space to run yeah. into. Yeah. McGinn was the same yeah. because yeah. you're right, Gary. They were so high up there; they were easily marked. There was no space for it to, you know, move defenders for the gaps for these guys to go into. Yeah. And Armstrong couldn't and, get influence and Czech again. Republic. In fairness, pressed yeah. extremely well and blocked the middle of the mm. pitch. So the, the passes should have went out to then come back inside. Uh, Scott, listen, we're up against it anyway. We've left ourselves quite a big ask, but how much does any hope that we've got hinge on the return of, of Kieran Tierney then? Yeah, oh, massively, but if, if, does it go head to head? Do we need to win a game and a point? We, we need to get four points now. Oh, oh good question. There's quite a lot of permutations there to try and. And think ahead. I mean, ultimately, if we so if we lost at Wembley, Wembley, then you know, and we, say we get a convincing win against Croatia, that puts us in three points as well. Czechs would definitely be in three. Classic Croatia. Scotland. Yeah. Simple yeah, enough. Yeah, just don't lose at Wembley. Aye. Let's try and yeah. win the next. I'll simplify it. I know what we'll do, Scott. We'll just win them both, right, and then it'll be all sorted, <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Aye, from there. Thank you very much. Thank you to Scott uh, in Mary Hill. Um, let's take another call we've got Derek who's he's from Trun but he's driving back from the game Derek what was it like to be there? Oh it was an amazing atmosphere um, a great build up great to welcome the players back onto the field and you know and be there for them I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it at the game today despite the result Yes he still managed to get a bit of enjoyment was that reflected round about you we are here on in, in Drygate and um the fact, understandably, lots of really, really negative calls, which is fine. We've lost the game that we all hoped we would win. But did you, did, did, could you see any positives being there? Was there anything that pleased you? Actually, I, you know, I, I was listening to the to the chat and the, and the road down. I was quite surprised. Um, I actually felt as though the performance was 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 a good one. We um, we didn't really give an awful lot away in the first half. We've, we've We've managed 42 minutes, held possession well. I mean, we were 52% possession. I think that was all Grant Hanley and, and Liam Cooper in the first half. Um, but we were managing them. Um, and what, what I, I suppose we, uh, it's, it's, it's good to reflect back that, that we played the pub team, uh, the C team, uh, back in the qualifications in the Nations League or the Euros and... and um, and we struggled against that team. Uh, we didn't really struggle today, in my opinion. And I think uh, one of the one of the callers had had a, a view um, similar to my own. You know, I, I would almost go as far as to say the best team lost today, uh, despite the criticism that's that seems to be getting levied at them. Um, the, the problem the, is, though, the, isn't it? Is about you know, it's tournament football, isn't it? So ultimately, you're right. I think a lot of us recognise that, but it just doesn't get us anywhere. And, and you can you can understand the deflation, surely. I, I absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, it's uh, you could say that the Czechs were the weakest uh, team that we're going to face. But I mean, I was there when when uh, when we beat France one 0 as well. Um, that wasn't expected. If you didn't have Wembley and surprise them, just the same. We should we should be uh, staying as positive as we can, and, and nothing's nothing's beyond these guys as far as I'm concerned. We had we had two moments, uh, poor marking. Uh, I thought for, for, for the left back position, I don't I wouldn't say necessarily Andy Robertson, but that led to the cross and the, and the header, uh, which which uh, got there in the first with, with, with the man's hand in in Hanley's back. I thought then the second one. Really, we're, we're sort of caught in a possession whilst we're pressing, pressing them. But the, the second half, we were, we were all over them. They were, they were trying their best to waste time because they knew that there was fairly relentless pressure. That's the way I saw it. You can praise the tolerance and the understanding that the gentleman is showing. At the same time, there's a group table, and we're bottom of it. And yeah. the dynamic of the group D has changed. We now need to go to Wembley to get a result. Uh, and if not, in Colin Henry's opinion, if we lose at Wembley, 
it's game set and match um, we are up against it this was the most winnable of the three fixtures and we lost it therefore the dynamic has changed the euphoria in the country has turned to despair mistakes have been made and mistakes have been punished and Steve Clark has an awful lot of thinking to do between now and Friday. Well, we've heard from Derek, and thank you to Derek who was at the game. We've had a bit of a flavour from what's going on at Drygate here. We've heard from people in their homes. Uh, how else is it being received across the country? Meg McHugh has been down at the fan zone in Glasgow Green. Let's hear about what the reaction's been like there. So we are here at Glasgow Green. Everybody is just leaving now. Feel a little bit disappointed after that game. This is Danny, Donald, Blair and Karen. How are you feeling after that? Meg, I'm absolutely gutted. I thought we really had a chance. Uh, as soon as they scored their first goal, I was like, nah, we still really do have a chance. Yes. They brought on Shea Adams. I was like, yes, he played an absolute blinder. And it's absolutely gutting, but everyone's still in high spirit, so we're all good. We've still got another two games to play, yes. so let's hope for the best. So how are we going to do on Friday against England, Danny? Uh, you know what? Like, uh, you need to be optimistic. You know, I, I think I think we could beat England. Also, it's in Wembley, yes. so yeah, I, I think we'll do well. Uh, today's been disappointing, but we still played well, and it's just fun to to see Scotland in a tournament. You know, and everyone's having fun, everyone's having a good time. Yes, and the sun's literally just came out, so we're gonna go to yeah. Box Bar. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow, very optimistic down there. <laughs> did we win this one? It, 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 felt, it, still, it still felt great to see Scotland in a tournament. It didn't feel so great at full time in here, I must admit. But each to their own. 01419511025. Still time to get your calls in. One more part of the show still to come. We'll hear from you next. Supporting Scotland this summer. The station of the Tartan Army. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Okay, into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Did we say earlier in the week we would stay on until seven and we've now decided to ditch it and finish at six because Scotland got beat? That's not for me to say. I'll leave that for you uh, to figure out at home. Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Gary Caldwell, Hugh Keevans and Colin Hendry are here. This is like a register list. I'm now running <laughs> through many names because I'm delighted to say we've been joined live at Drygate by Sean and Emil and listen sympathy for these guys because not only did they have to watch Scotland get beat they had to do it with an earshot of us they had to listen to our rubbish for two hours and watch Scotland get beat Sean how would you don't slaughter us too much but what did you make of the performance today from the to team be honest not you us. had to listen to me for, for <laughs> 45 for 50 minutes uh, I don't know I'm, my, I don't want to be that armchair critical supporter but it just seems like it's, it, it's starting to live in wasn't he right I mean you've got you've got two lads in Gilmer especially and Patterson uh, Czech Republic on I think 60-65 minutes bring on an 18 year old who's apparently the next great prospect in, in European football not afraid to bring him on and you've got two lads sitting on the bench who I mean give, give I mean, I think for me especially Patterson Patterson's been trained by Gerard, by Rangers in a way that, that mimics Mimics Tavernier, who's been pretty much the best player in Scotland this year. Probably in the last two years, to be honest. Um, plays high up. Czech Republic do not like runners in behind. I mean, you know, you've seen it throughout qualifying. They don't like it. They've got big lads at the back. Give, give them a chance. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm sitting here with a Rangers head on and I'm a little bit kind of biased. Well, I don't think you're alone because I think Hugh Keevans wanted Nathan Patterson to start. I think various mm -hmm. others... Even then, not start Mark, right? Because that, that's one debate. But even then, we're looking to try and get back into a game and, and provide a spark. C could have altering the wide areas earlier. I know we did bring James Forrest on, to be fair. Hmm. Um, but is that something we could have looked at? Yeah, I do think it was crying out for it, uh, particularly at the start of the second half, where you find yourself two down. Um, I don't know. Clearly didn't have one of his better games in a Scotland shirt, so I, I don't really know what Steve Clark's thinking in terms of getting more out of him for the... You know, he kept him on for another 20-odd minutes or something like that. After that, I thought Patterson should have and, you know, probably could have been brought on at that stage to make a difference. In terms of starting the game, I always thought Steve Clark would have went with Adorno. I think Patterson had a good shout of starting, but he was going to go with him. Um, but I now think that Steve Clark will be rethinking that for Friday night. Now, it's a big occasion. 
the young man hasn't had too many international games under his belt and he, he could be thrown in at Wembley. Um, but I do think Steve Karp should have changed Adonal quicker. I mean, he was, he, was, he was thrown in in the UEFA Cup and whilst it's not international football, I mean, the, the boy excelled. I mean, he, he, he might, you know, there might be the odd wee thing he does at the back that you think, whoa, hang on, that's an experience. I mean, you, you know, I think, I think you're going to give him a little bit of a, an, an easier ride for that because of that. Hmm. O'Donnell, whilst he's, whilst he's solid, he's, defi- you know, he's, he's, he reminds me of Kirk Broadfoot and no disrespect to Kirk, do you know what I mean? He's, 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 He's much better in the kitchen than Kirk Broadfoot is. I've, he- I've, heard, the, heard, the, that. I've the, heard that. I've heard that. Steve Clark is a pragmatic man and he always tells us, this is my job, this is what I do. Well, therefore, he will understand that tonight he's going to get criticised. And the charge sheet will read, A, you picked the wrong team, and B, you then started to make substitutions that were confusing, not just to the people watching, but to the players on the park. Oh, they lost their way, Hugh. They lost yeah. their way as soon as... I, as soon as he made those two changes, it was like they didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. McTominay, yeah, going back at the back, whilst he's played there before, he, he's, that's not his game. No. That's, that, that's not his game. And they did. They, they were, I mean, there were 20 minutes where they had no idea what was happening. So how, how, many, how many wrong selections did he make initially then to start with? To start I would have the said game? three, three. Colin. Because yesterday we sat here and we said, whatever team he names yeah. today, Nobody's going to get shocked or surprised at because it's a good squad. It's a great squad, and there's there's so many different players vying for so many different positions. Yeah, I mean, I think so that, we've, that, changed, that, that, we've, we've changed that. Uh, to be fair, because people are going to have Shea Adams was the one that yeah, asked. People it. are going to have their pre-match opinion, and if that team doesn't then match up on on the afternoon of the game, then you can say it got it wrong. I think when we hmm. mentioned that yesterday, we were trying to focus on the positives and say that if Stuart Armstrong picked to start the game it's hardly a disaster because he's a, a very good player operating at a good mm. level but obviously now we look back I on it and no, we can be critical of personal performances we can, yeah. we can be that because mm. they've got to go out and play and, and, and if they're going to play and they don't play well then we can criticise right, that I'll tell you what we're a little bit short on time okay. so let's bring in Emil and see what he made of it I don't know are you a, are you a good cop bad cop routine are you more positive or are you even, are you even more down about this than same. Sean is I'm the eternal optimist good let's hear it <laughs> I used to go away and watch him all the time uh, <laughs> Obviously, circumstances change and kind of get away. But I'd uh, I'd uh, like to have seen a few more of the foreign players that got that wee bit of creati- creativity brought in today. Likes of Turnbull, you know, a bit of an impact off the bench mm. when we're looking for that goal. Yep. We are not. I mean, the guys had a great season at Celtic, and admittedly, a poor side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Sean. I would like to see Patterson get a chance. I think having that mobility up and down the right the right hand side, especially with missing Tierney on the left, we we lost that bit of width and that wee bit yeah. of kind of. Something that would have really put the checks on the back foot. Um, I feel that Steve Clark, I get why he's loyal to the players that have got us there. And, you know, it's right to a degree. And he's always going to be pragmatic. First game, you're going to be a bit cagey. You want to try and avoid avoid getting off on the wrong foot. But, you know, I think I would like to see him throw a little bit of caution to the wind in the next game. Give some of these boys a chance that have got no fear. If you look at teams like, like where you played down, Gary, you know, that it was... It was young boys in there like Faddy and all that, and they they stepped up to the mark. Yeah. Maybe it's time that we give that and just try to get ourselves back in this tournament. Just well, try and a, give us something to shout about again. For a well-known conservative with a small C manager, he might have to get radical yeah. on Friday night because the whole shooting match mm-hmm. is up for grabs on Friday night. He has to avoid a kind of defeat that would be mm. utterly demoralising and the unofficial end of Group D for us. Uh, so it might have to be cavalier and not conservative. Right, we're nearly done. Big round of applause. Sorry, guys, that was Sean and Emil. Lovely to hear from you live at Drygate. That's the beauty of it. Not only can you phone in and give us abuse, you can do it in person (laughs) as well, but the guys were very polite and it was great uh, to speak to them. I think we are almost done. As you know, every night this week, we have been hearing from a, a Scotland song, playing out a Scotland song to end the show, just to get us in the mood tonight. It's going to be t- to cheer us up, I think. Um, we have also been giving away a retro Scotland top every night. If you fall, if you phone in and you get through, you enter into the draw. And I can tell you, Derek and Trun was at the caller just before the break. I think it was Derek and Trun has won the uh, the the top, the retro Scotland top, thanks to Greaves tonight. So well done to Derek. Right before we pass over to Callum Gallagher for an hour-long mix, Scotland the rave. See what, we, see what we did there? Scotland Roof, yeah? No? All right, okay. Colin Hendry's just, he's not having that at all. Uh, we've got 12 year old Noel Quinn 
on the line. He's recently recorded his acoustic version of Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. It's absolutely phenomenal. Noel joins us on the line now. Noel, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Right, listen, you've performed the song. We're going to play it out. It is absolutely brilliant, but you're still feeling... You feeling okay after watching that today? What did you make of the uh, game? Yeah, yeah, so it's been disappointing, but hopefully on Friday we can come back and maybe script a win. Absolutely. I think. Do you think we could play your song in the dressing room? Do you think that would get them fired up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tell you what, if you've not heard the song, we're going to play it. Get on YouTube, download it, whatever you can, and, and give Noel uh, some support because it is absolutely brilliant. We will finish the song. We are back tomorrow night at six till till eight. Just the usual show for us. You can have your say on where it went wrong today and. Then we start to look forward. What are we going to do next? It was a difficult day. It's been a long old wait. We hope you enjoyed the occasion. It wasn't quite what we wanted. It ended in a 2-0 defeat for anyone who's just joining us. So clearly, we have a lot of work to do. Maybe, just maybe, there were positives there. Maybe we can go and be <laughs> the, the underdogs. But uh, yeah, really, really tough afternoon. But we are back tomorrow, and I'm delighted to say we will end the show. How good is this? Noel Quinn, 12 years old. Here's his song. <laughs>